There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Welcome to another episode of Friends with Friends. I'm Pete, this is Dave. Hello. And we are back again with another guest who is going to pick their favourite episode of Friends so we can talk through it, analyse the shit out of it, and uh, shall I say shit out of it? Well, yeah, 25 seconds in and we've already got to bung one of those explicit warnings on the podcast now, Pete. (laughs) I'm sorry, I'm just such a foul mouth. Yeah. Um... Should we introduce our friend? Let's introduce our friend for, what is this, the sixth episode of Friends with Friends? I think it's, uh, yes. Yeah, cut that out if it's not. (laughs) Uh, Our friend today is the wonderful comedy writer, Mark Haynes. Good afternoon, Mark. Hello. How's it going? said good afternoon. Uh, That is, in fact, dependent on when you're listening. And we're recording in the morning, so it's... It it, it really couldn't be less on topic. (laughs) Well done. Congratulations. (laughs) You're welcome. I'll have to keep it as uh, inaccurate as possible here. Uh, Welcome. Thank you for coming on. Hey, my pleasure. My pleasure. This here show. Um, As with everyone, I've just... You know, we go through our phone books and scout the people that we think might have an interest in friends. I'm, I'm fascinated by the ins and outs of how this podcast is put together. No, Please continue. <laughs> I think it is. I think it is worth flagging up uh, in, uh, in the backstage, behind the scenes stuff that uh, you you write sitcoms. Yes, that that's is absolutely your, right. That is yeah. literally your job. It so is. Yeah. This is probably going to be the most hyper analytical episode of this of this podcast ever it could be I, th- I think the other thing is and obviously we'll get into this but friends is a unique sitcom and that's what's really exciting about it that's the thing that really makes me just froth with enthusiasm for it right it's unique there's never been one like it there probably won't be another one like it again what do you think are its main uh points of difference i, th- I think its main points of difference it came at a point where sitcoms had slightly given up on gags and this is a really really gag heavy sitcom I don't think it will happen again because the premise is so slight. It's six people living in a flat and it's about their lives. I don't think people would make a sitcom like that nowadays. I'll, I'll probably be wrong. By the time this goes out, there'll be a really huge one and I'll just sound like <laughs> such a moron. But it's, 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 a, it's an oddly unfashionable sitcom. And at the time it was made, it was also quite an unfashionable mm. sitcom. And it came out at a time when everyone was just going, oh, you know, it's a real nadir for the sitcom. Mm. Um, you have got Larry Sanders and Seinfeld. They're both on, but they're on really late at night. Not many people are watching. And it's alternative. It's, it's a whole different style of comedy. It is. It? And yeah. it's when it goes out, when I first saw it, it was on Channel 4, I think at about nine o'clock on a Friday. And it had Fraser in front of it and afterwards was Home Improvement. And Home Improvement's one of those sitcoms that just seems so dated now. And yeah. with friends in the middle of those two, I, I personally hate 
Frasier. I think it's so awful. Do you? I do. I think it's <laughs> it's so wry and so smug. It's like it's like sitting in the worst restaurant and there's a guy behind you talking about his day. And that that is Fraser. That's half an hour of that. Just someone sort of you go. <laughs> it's awful. And friends came along, and it's like a bomb. There were these sexy people which we'd never seen in a sitcom before. No. All of our sitcom people were grotesque, yeah. and ugly, and stupid. <laughs> and they're sexy. It's all about their love lives. I think also there's a weird thing about things like Monica, who was very sort of she would have short term relationships, and they weren't judged and things. Previously yeah. in sitcoms, characters like that would be sort of pariahs they'd be stupid men or they'd be you know very one-dimensional female characters yeah. and so this seemed like a sitcom that wasn't only the funniest thing out there it was also it had a real sort of streak of reality yeah. in it that we'd never really seen before there are quite a lot of references throughout um particularly the early friends about how many people particularly the women have dated and mm. how how perhaps quickly they've slept with them while they've been dating. And that's, uh, there isn't any sort of embarrassment or shame inflicted on them upon that. It's it's just like, this is what life is like as a young person in a big city. Yeah, and it, it, it comes at a time when we're watching it here, sort of 96, 97, we've got that slight sort of new lad and ladette mm. thing going on. And it, what, it, just, it just chimed perfectly with the times where people could go out and have relationships and their friends wouldn't sit there and go, oh my God, you know, you're going to get a name around town. They'd just yeah. go, what was his house like? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it, was, it was such a refreshing change. And it's, it's, it's hard to remember, what is it, 20 years on, just how sort of revolutionary that really was. You know, it was a revolution. The other thing that's really revolutionary is the coffee shop. Which, when we first started watching it, we didn't have coffee shops. Mm. And that, I remember seeing a stand-up do 20 minutes about what is a coffee shop. <laughs> <laughs> and everybody, everybody laughing. And he had a big thing about, what, so you just go and sit down and have a coffee? And everyone was going, oh, this is absolutely hilarious. He's saying what we're all thinking. <laughs> What's really funny is, if you watch it, they're in a coffee shop, and these are like the first ones that came to Britain, where the coffee they're drinking is like out of cereal bowls. It's much, <laughs> yeah, it's too huge. much coffee. Yeah. And when they first brought them in here, I remember having a coffee, and the cup was the size of my head. And you were like, this is, <laughs> this is good living. This is, this is living the dream. Mark. Tell us what is the episode you've chosen to talk about today. Uh, the episode that I've chosen is, it's in series three, it's episode 12, which is about halfway through the run, yeah. and it's called The One With All The Jealousy. Okay, right, let's do uh, the quick synopsis, the plot yeah. of you, as uh, dictated by Wikipedia, or the first page I find on Google that has one that's not too long, but also not too short. <laughs> Here it is. Ross is jealous of Mark, Rachel's new co-worker, thinking he's trying to steal Rachel away, causing him to shower Rachel with romantic gifts at her workplace. Elsewhere, Joey's numerous lies on his resume catch up with him as he is forced to teach a very hard dance to an entire Broadway cast. Meanwhile, Monica dates Julio, a busboy from the diner, who writes a poem for her called The Empty Vase. Touched, Monica sleeps with him, but is then told by Phoebe that the poem is referring to her and uses an acapella group to get revenge. That, these 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 plot <laughs> summaries are always so vague, so vague, so vague, I, and then such a hyper specific detail. It, it sounds like they've missed out two like key lines, yeah. but we'll let yeah. it go. We'll yeah. let it go. Uh, so that's that. That is just to catch you up if you haven't watched that episode in a while. 
that is the the plot overview. And as always, we'll pick through the sort of three plots. Uh, and where, where do you want to start? Who's, whose plot would you like to start with? Uh, let's, let, well, well, can we start with Ross and Rachel? Yeah, so that, Ross and Rachel. That's the sort of key. That's the crux of it. So yeah. Rachel's got a new job at Bloomingdale's. Yeah, which is a strange thing that they use a real place. Yeah. I find that really odd because it does seem like it's advertising. Yeah, and we've talked about this, uh, I think, in a couple of episodes ago. Uh, it's the same thing with Days of Our Lives. Uh-huh. So Joey gets this massive gig on Days of Our Lives and it's mercilessly mocked to the point where you think their lawyers would really get involved. <laughs> the funny thing is they do the opposite with Bloomingdale's, yes. which is everything about it is the greatest place on earth. Mm. Yeah. So Rachel, who is, who is you know, by this point, the world's sweetheart, yeah. is talking about how wonderful Bloomingdale's is. Everyone there is super nice. Yeah. Um, th- there's a load of references to real designers as well. Yeah. So when they say things like, oh, there's a, a, a count has just come in, they don't just say that. They say, oh, uh, the Ralph Lauren yeah. account has come in. <laughs> yeah. And when I hear those things, I think, what's going on here? Yeah. It really, I find it really odd. And that's that takes me right out of it because I begin going, oh, I wonder if they did a deal. <laughs> it would be, yeah. Well, I was about to say, there's a few, there's an ep- there's an episode, a few uh, series along from this, uh, you might be able to guess the one I'm talking about, where the product placement is so extreme, mm. which I never appreciated at the time, but watching in hindsight, the Pottery Barn episode, oh. where... Phoebe and Rachel, I know we're moving on to a different episode briefly here, but it's along the lines of Bloomingdale's being regarded as this wonderful, glamorous thing which everyone should uh, attempt to work for. Yeah. Um, Pottery Barn, they basically go through every page of the Pottery Barn catalogue and say how much they want everything in it with really specific detail about the name of the product. So there comes to a point with almost every episode we've talked about so far on the podcast where we get to the sentence so this is an episode about ross being unhinged yeah and <laughs> yeah here is another one yeah <laughs> ross actually has one of my favorite unhinged sentences in this episode and he delivers david Schwimmer delivers it brilliantly and it's one of the first kind of glimpses at properly unhinged over the top uh, ross delivery can't a guy send a barbershop quartet to his girlfriend's office anymore? It's and the way he says it magic. is absolutely brilliant. It's magic. He has two lines in that bit, and they are both hilarious. Absolutely he properly performs it, doesn't great. he? Great. He does. He's, again, I think, you know, with the, the, the virtue of hindsight, you see that he is the star of this show. Yeah. And it's also, the, I think, the first sort of seeds they put in about the split of Ross and Rachel. Which is yeah. a, a, again why it's a sort of crux episode. Well, this is my takeaway from it. His, so, so immediately, almost in the first scene, Rachel's on, on her way to the new job, and she mentions, "Oh, I'm going for lunch with Mark." Mm. And Ross is like, he clicks straight into jealous boyfriend, doesn't he? Yeah. Like, there's, yeah. there's no ramping up. Yeah. He's just like, "What? You're going for lunch with another man? Oh my days! This is." Well, Mark has already been mentioned at this point, hasn't he? Because Mark's helped to get the job, yeah. so he knows who Mark is. But this is where the cracks really start emerging in terms of how Mark makes. Ross feel yes but he doesn't know much about her he just knows Mark as a man who has spoken to his girlfriend (laughs) basically (laughs) that is his problem with Mark yeah (laughs) there's there's a really really weird line in here which is not a comic line where he's talking to Rachel afterwards and she's saying you know the important thing is that we love each other so you know if we love each other we can trust each other Mm. and he says what you've got to understand he said is I lost Carol Carol, yeah after eight years Mm. and he says and if it's possible I love you even more what what the hell is what? <laughs> you, you, you're going out with with, with Jennifer Aniston, yeah. and you're a bit like you're a bit like you've got to understand one thing: the last one of you I had, I lost, yeah. and if it's possible, you're 
as good, maybe better. <laughs> um, so you can understand why. I'd be like, what the? What are you talking yeah. about? Going back to, you know, your ex-girlfriend that you, you miss so badly. Yeah, yeah. And the reason that you, you want me to stay around is because you lost the last one. Because you loved her so much. Yeah. And I'm the replacement. Exactly, yeah. I'm the replacement. And somehow, against all odds, you know, you're okay. Yeah. Uh, so let's try and make it work. I just smacked him in the teeth. Well, the other thing that, <laughs> the, yeah, when I was watching that, I was, it's, it, it's delivered and accepted by the audience and by Rachel as a romantic, yeah. uh, lovely, oh my days, what a nice thing to say. Yeah. But what he's effectively saying when you break it down is, I'm going to be so insecure in this relationship, just to warn you, mm. that if you talk to anyone ever, yeah. I'm going to flip out. So as long as you're happy with me having total control over you, who you talk to, where yeah. you go, yeah. then we'll be fine. Yeah. That's what he's saying. I think I think there is there is something about the, the barbershop quartet as well, where he, <laughs> he, he sends them in. And that is one of those things I can't imagine anybody watching didn't do anything but go, oh my God, he's lost his mind. Yeah. It's a yeah. really horrible, excruciating, embarrassing thing. The only time I've ever seen things like that happen is where I've been working at jobs and exactly the same scenario, there's been a, uh, a person who's come from another job in another city and their partner has made these mental big gestures. And in every single case, they've been over within two days of that big gesture yeah. being made. Yeah. It's, it's a weird thing where it's played for sort of romance and he says it's romance. It's demented. Yeah. It's yeah. really horrible. Yeah. It's also the tipping point. Um, the barbershop is, understandably, the tipping point for Rachel because she and Mark are actually having a con- uh, conversation before the barbershop quartet arrive about. And she kind of brushes it off and says, oh, he's just, he's just being romantic. And she's obviously a bit uncomfortable because she's surrounded by all these teddies and flowers mm-hmm. and everything. But once the barbershop quartet turn up, she's like, no, this is really controlling. I don't like it. Yeah. And that's where the tension really starts to rise, isn't it? I, I like as well the fact that the end is Monica using the barbershop quartet as well, which makes me think that yeah. this is a, a real Geller thing. They've got a barbershop, <laughs> a family barbershop that they use. <laughs> and in any situation, they go, what shall I do now? I know the best thing. I'll call the barbershop. <laughs> the idea that the barbershop quartet... You know, any problem they have, a problem with a plumber, they're locked out, they call the barbershop quartet. You know, this is a dysfunctional family. Yeah. Terrible news. Maybe one of them's a Geller family friend. And just giving them <laughs> well, this is, I, I genuinely believe, and again, you know, as a, as a professional sitcom writer, you can you can feel free to refute this, but mm. I genuinely believe that one of the Friends writers was in a bar the night before they wrote this episode <laughs> and met a guy in a barbershop quartet I, and came in and went, guys... Yeah. I'm at this I'm at Andy last night and he is in a bloody barbershop quartet. Can we get it into this one? The other thing that actually really sort of boosts your your idea there is the fact that the script itself it runs about 8 minutes. It's the shortest episode of any comedy I've ever watched in my life. It is over within if you read it on the script, it's yeah. something like 16 pages. Is it? It's it's nothing. It's absolutely nothing. It it's so it, it's breakneck speed, yeah. but that's also because it's really short. Wow. <laughs> well, the other thing that they do to, to save a lot of time is they do nothing with uh, Phoebe or, yeah, or really probably. Rachel in yeah. this. Yeah. They are proper... The, the one thing you do when you have a woman character, the last thing you're going to do is just have them react to what the men do. Yeah. And th- this episode is textbook on just the men are doing the funny things. Rachel has to sit there and go... Ugh, Ross, yeah. um, Phoebe, literally. I mean, I mean, she must have five lines in mm. this, if that. Um, she does nothing, does she? And Monica's Monica's storyline is such a horrible throwaway. Nothing. It's again much too quickly dealt with. It's rubbish. It's really, really poor. 
the guys in this have all the good lines and they are probably some of the best lines they get yeah. in the entire in the entire series um but the but the women in this in this episode are treated so poorly so bad well let's move on to monica's storyline in, in a second but just to round off the ross and rachel thing i mean it, it's what you said about this is this is breakable behavior isn't it oh yeah the 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 storyline the 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 realistic conclusion of this is nothing less than a complete breakup of the relationship. Yes, absolutely. And the other thing, of course, is by the end, he's saying to her, oh, I'm going on a play date with a stripper. <laughs> and and you're really like, you are mad. Yeah. You're absolutely He also mad. behaves as if that levels it out between him and Rachel. Yeah. I, I think of... Look, it's still very um, insecure to think that because Ross is meeting a stripper, he's automatically going to sleep with her. Absolutely. Um, but compared to Ross, Rachel is still behaving pretty normally. Yeah. And he's like, oh, we're even now. And he has this horrible sort of smug, sly look of, oh, you feel that jealousy as well. It's like, not the same thing, Ross. Not the same thing. You are still mental. Uh, 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 just on that point, isn't it absolutely insane that they set up at the start of the episode that there's going to be a uh, stag party uh, with a stripper? Uh. For Chandler's cousin. Amazing. And they name the stripper <laughs> yeah. and they talk about it and you don't go to the stag party. And they name yeah. the cousin. They name the cousin. Albert, <laughs> Albert is, the character, this is the most anonymous character yeah. in all of Friends. And you hear nothing about the stag party when it happens. So There's no sort of like comeback from it. It's ha- You're writing a sitcom yeah. and they set up, they're going to a strip club for a, for a stag party yeah. with a botanist. Yeah. And they don't, do anything with it <laughs> instead of taking us to the strip party which is the easiest thing to do gags at you, yeah. that could have been hilarious yeah. they they take you to the coffee shop where Chandler's playing with a pen with a nudie of pen. a nude lady <laughs> now is he supposed it's like the stripper supposed to have given him merch. that yeah. <laughs> like, I don't have a business card but I've got this pen a branded with me. pen and he's obsessed with it yeah. and he's going all oh, clothes come off clothes go on now He's spent last night watching a real woman strip. Yeah. And he's not talking about that. He's yeah. obsessed with this pen. And then he asks Ross to pick him up some porn. Yeah, that's such a weird line, oh, isn't it? I'm getting a bit bored of this pen. Yeah. Can you pick me up some porn? And, and the audience the audience sort of laugh, but it's a laugh that dies off really quickly yeah. when they go, oh, I've just taken in that's weird. <laughs> it's all it's all really weird. The, 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 the actual omission. This is called the one with all the jealousy. This should have been the one where they go to a strip club. Yeah. And it would have been great if Rachel had already been jealous and so she wanted to come along. Yeah. Monica would go along as well to back her up and Phoebe would have been there in some capacity as well. Yeah. That would have been a great episode. <laughs> Instead, they go, we've got this great idea for an episode, let's bury it yeah. and and, yeah. and make Chandler do five minutes of business with a pen. 
Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute. All right, let's move on to Monica then. Monica and Mm. Julio, the empty vase, the diner. Yeah. Uh, I'd just like to flag up the first uh, Anglo-American pronunciation problem that we always uh, we what was we had one recently didn't we pete which was uh oh flan and flan and flan yeah i think there's basically one in every episode yeah there's one where you go that's not how you say the word Uh, barbados barbados (laughs) oh that can literally f off they they don't get to choose how you pronounce a country's (laughs) name surely (laughs) it's it's barbados people in barbados would say it's barbados you know oh right barbados no (laughs) uh and yeah oh vase oh Oh, does my nuts it's all awful that is a, a, an awful bit it's just so it's so excruciating the guy himself who is who is a, a busboy who is also a poet mm. he is supposed to be pretentious yeah but he does pretentious things but doesn't look or sound pretentious correct he just you know yeah. looks like a a, a, a dude yeah. you know uh, that seems like again a misstep but they have this really really sort of rushed relationship where she talks to him for three minutes she then we're in, in back at the house and she says, oh yes, we fooled around last night and he yeah. wrote me a poem. Yeah. Um, and then the next time we see him, he's, oh, it's so cheesy. He's in the cafe with his arm up on the wall with another waitress. And yeah. she sends in the barbershop quartet yeah. because she's not mad. No. <laughs> um, and she humiliates him in front of the, the diners and things. A couple of things on this. <laughs> she has a big bit where in the barbershop quartet, they say, you think you're great, but you're working in a diner. Yeah. Well, so's, yeah. so's Monica. So, is. so, you know, self-burn. Well done. Yeah. Um, so is everybody witnessing that, that basically. The other thing is, if you're working in a diner, don't waste a load of money on a barbershop quartet because all that's going to happen is the manager will say, who got this barbershop quartet in here? Yeah. And she'll have to go, it was me, ha ha ha. And he'll go, right, you're fired. Yeah. <laughs> You've lost your mind. We also don't really see much of this diner. I mean, obviously, Monica's route out of the diner eventually is meeting Pete there. Because yeah. he's a, a customer, isn't he? A multi-millionaire is, some, yeah. for some reason, eating in a, mm. a themed diner. <laughs> um, but there's uh, there's the episode where she burns her boob, doesn't she? Mm. And also when she first performs that dance in front of the other friends and they're laughing at how terrible her job is. Yeah. But there's this blonde woman at the start who it's apparent has a bit of a friendship with Monica because she encourages Monica to chat to Julio, who Monica seemingly has been losting after for ages, but we've not heard about it. That's right. Um, and she said she the, the woman also says if you don't go for him I will yeah you know? yeah I, I, I mean you know she's got a bit of backstory there that we've never seen and and why I mean this guy is awful he is he's, yeah. he's like um, immediately a prick isn't he yeah. they also make Monica look quite dim in this episode as well because she is incapable of seeing uh, what this poem mm. says about her but Chandler and Phoebe notice it yeah. well Phoebe originally but Chandler gets it pretty quickly. Yeah. We're led to believe that 
this is just all going over Monica's head. Yeah. And the only other person whose head it goes over is Joey. We talk about this a lot, about how you, when you rewatch episodes, you just notice the insanity of some of the situations. And we briefly touched on this. And I always liked that this one's a specific for me. I like to imagine a conversation Monica originally had with the friends after she first kisses Julio. Yeah. And they go, oh, what, what happened? And she, in some form, will have to dress up as a, a, an acceptable story that she found a book of poetry. He told her he was a poet. He then touched my lip and said, I'd like to write a poem about this. Yeah. So I kissed him. Yeah. Like, I, I mean. And the stinky lines they go out with on a lot of these scenes. So he touches her lip uh, uh, and he kisses her. Yeah. And she says, well, well it, didn't it didn't rhyme, rhyme. but I like it. Yeah. And it's like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> this, is, this is the sort of thing that, I, you know, if my dad got off with someone you know <laughs> that's never gonna happen but if he got off with someone i could imagine them kissing him and him pulling back and going well it didn't rhyme but i liked it it's so awful a lot of the time they find it difficult to come out of uh, of the scenes on a good gag mm. and so they just go uh just put something it doesn't quite make sense in yeah it'll be fine and the audience go with it oh yeah all you have to do is put a perky drum beat in yeah and a yeah. big candle and after it, yeah. and, they, and nothing happens at the end of all these scenes they sort of go well the, the audience to be the, given there's, there's a dog yeah. down, down. The, the audience being like... given musical cues <laughs> yeah you know at the point where everyone sort of screws up their face and goes oh yeah. the audience go oh this is the there's the opening is also really bad at that there's there's you know rachel comes out and she says, have you seen my shoes or something? Yeah. She's wearing a towel. And Chandler says, no one's going to be looking at your shoes when you're in a towel dress. Yeah. Uh, and the audience really laugh. And you take it for granted. You go, oh, that's a joke. Yeah. But then you listen back to it and go, oof, not that, not that great a joke. <laughs> you know? There are a few moments where I think some of Chandler's, in inverted commas, funny lines, mm. in retrospect, you just want to be like, just f- fuck off. <laughs> like, stop being Chandler. Yeah. But they do, admittedly, he, the other friends do kind of recognise that, don't they? Like, oh, there's Chandler. I wonder if he can go a day without making a joke. In the bit here where they're reading the poem, he's really good. He's got, he's got a couple of zingers and he really chandlers it up. Yeah. And it's really, really good. Yeah. Um, you, you can notice as well, he's starting to get thin in this series, which again is the Hollywood thing. Yeah. Uh, and, and the, you know, there, there's a, the, what, the, the, the number one rule of comedy is when Chandler's thin, he's not funny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's the first thing they teach you at comedy school. <laughs> and the thinner he gets, the less funny he is. And in this, he's still really good. But I think it's the last time he's really, really good. Yeah. He begins to yeah. sort of waste away after that. There's an episode that I'm sure we'll come on to at some point. Uh, well, we have to, given the premise of this podcast that <laughs> yeah. we set up. We've got 240 <laughs> episodes of this shit. Um, the, when they do the New Year's resolutions uh-huh. and... Uh, they all, you know, they all go around and basically say, suggest what their friends can give up. And this is, you know, like like you say, Pete, like they all go, oh, Chandler, you can stop making sarcastic jokes about everyone. Yeah. And that's really the only New Year's resolution in that entire episode <laughs> that you go, oh, yeah, that is a character trait. <laughs> they yeah. sort, of, they yeah. sort of then just have to invent weird stuff. Yeah. Like, oh, Rachel, you should stop gossiping. And it's like, <laughs> she's, not, she's never really done that. Actually. Yeah. And then they all it is just- a distinctive <laughs> and recognisable thing about Chandler's character. But it, when you watch, it's that opening scene. I think it's before even um, the titles in this episode. He does keep delivering these lines Mm. and you just want him to shut up and go to work. Yeah. Before we move on to Joey's uh, storyline, I would just like to say in defense of Julio, there's one thing, he's an awful prick from moment one. Uh One of the worst characters slash men that's potentially ever existed. But on the plus side, he does pronounce Vars correctly. Does he? Yeah. (laughs) 
I when, didn't even know she that. confronts him and goes, the, oh, so I'm an empty vase. He immediately, almost as if to go, you're doing this wrong. He goes, the empty vase isn't about you. And it's like, I was like, yes. Thank you, Julio. Oh, I like man. to think of Julio, uh, the person playing Julio, being like, why does she keep saying it that way? I'm going to say it the right he way. He must have a really weird thing as well where people say to him, so, oh, you're an actor, are you? That's, that's very interesting. So, so what, what would I have seen you in? And he goes, oh, I've, I've been in Friends. And they'd go, hmm, yeah, bullshit. Uh, <laughs> and uh, you know, he has about, again, four lines. That must have been such an exciting job to book. You would be over the moon. Yeah. While you were just uh, mentioning that, I have uh, got up the Wikipedia page for the man who plays Julio. Uh, right? What's his name? Uh, Carlos Gomez. He's still alive, unlike the last person we looked up on Wikipedia. <laughs> Carlos Gomez sounds like what they would have called that character. Yes. Like the first... Absolutely. The first thought in your brain. One of the things it said about him uh, in his, on his Wikipedia page, one of his more notable performances is considered to be as gay paramedic Raul Melendez in <laughs> ER. He was, uh, he was in ER for one year. Yeah, not the TV series. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Things took a real serious downswing. Yeah, he's not. He's his his CV, his uh, IMDb is is not uh, is not great reading. Mm. Well, I mean, you know, he's been in the biggest sitcom of all time. So, yeah. who who's That'll the mug? Is it is it him or us? It's us. I tell you what, he was yeah. uh, he was in in the Heights, the uh, Lin Manuel Miranda breakout Broadway musical. That's, really? that's, in, that's interesting. Mm. It's not particularly funny or fascinating, but it's interesting. He's yeah. still knocking about then. I think, I think we'll probably have to come out on the bit where I say, <laughs> it's us. <laughs> that seems to me the best edit point. Right, Joey. Joey's storyline yeah. in this. Oh, now, here he is. this is absolutely off the hook brilliant. <laughs> this is, I think, you watch this and you go, I would love to see a full-length sitcom about Joey doing his acting. (laughs) Now, ah, man, you're wrong. But the reality is, this is... (laughs) Hindsight has told us we're wrong, Mark. This scene is so sparse. It's so economical. And it is so brilliant. It's so much fun. He goes along to to uh, an audition. It's a really nice touch as well. When they're talking about the audition, he's got his head shot in his hand and it's one of him from when he's a younger actor so it's an original sort of Matt LeBlanc thing and it's just that great thing of going of course Joey would have out of date headshots it's a really (laughs) nice sort of touch and he goes along to an audition it's for um, A Tale of Two Cities the musical yeah um, which he has to have explained to him by Ross. We, we, we like to chart the decline in Joey's sort of mental capacity yeah. and intelligence level, and it really is just a downward spiral. I think spiral. there is a great gag in that, which is where they say, I'll get you the cliff notes, yeah. and Joey says, what are what? they? Yeah. And the idea yeah. of being so out of the loop of learning that you don't even know what the cliff notes are, I thought was a great little gag, a really great There's gag. a step beyond that as well, because in the space of about 20 seconds, he doesn't know what Teller Two Cities is. He doesn't know, he doesn't recognise the name Dick, he doesn't know cliff notes and then after that he doesn't know what Chandler means when he says abridgment it's it's like these four things that come in really quick succession that you sit back and look at and you think whoa Joe is meant to be really stupid you really want to be the topper of him trying to get out of the house and not being able to work the door yeah. that, that would just be the perfect thing but it's such a good scene he turns up to the to the uh, the audition yeah. and they say there you know you're brilliant great he does uh, something from fiddler on the roof doesn't he uh, uh, yeah, and, uh, no, uh, oliver isn't it 
uh, oh, yes, got to pick, pick a pocket, pocket or two. Yeah, got to pick yeah. a pocket or two, yeah. And he, uh, he goes in and they basically say, you were great, come back uh, and have your dancing shoes. And his CV says that he's got a lot of dancing. Uh, he hasn't. And he comes back and it's just a very simple thing with the guy saying, because you've got so much experience, our regular guy is off. He's having a, a relationship crisis that means he can't get off Long Island. <laughs> Such a good line. Um, and uh, he has to take the 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 uh, dance for everybody. Yeah. Um, and it's just absolutely perfect. He's out of his depth. He's lied. He's got himself into a situation. How is he going to get out of it? Yeah. Absolutely magic. And the, 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 the so what ends up happening is he teaches them this sort of weird arm circling dance that he's done previously in the episode, yes. which weirdly in my head is Chandler's signature dance because Chandler yes. does that dance loads in, later on in the series, doesn't he? And yet he's sort of, at that time when he first sees it, he goes, "Oh, that's appalling. That's appalling. No, no, yeah. no, no. Stop, stop, stop." And secretly he's going. Ah, oh, keep I'll that one. Bank that for Bing. Yeah. They also they also revisit basically this entire plotline for Joey in a later episode where whatever he's got on his um his CV is lying. Yeah. His CV, yeah. he's lying. They come back to that when he can't speak French a few seasons later. So he hasn't learned from the fact <laughs> that he should perhaps tell the truth on his that these skills he claims he has, that he might be pulled up on them. The exact same plot happens later on. <laughs> you can also see there the limitations of having him in his own sitcom. You, yeah. can, you can only go to so many auditions that you don't have the skills for yeah. before you've got yeah. to think of another plot. They've had to repeat that storyline in a show that's not solely about him. Yes. <laughs> so yeah. when you put that in a situation where he is the only character, yeah. you've really, you're really... But, but, but there's the scene where he uh, the, 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 the director comes back yeah. and he goes, right, show me what you've got. And yeah. the whole group does this like... Just gyrating the terrible dance that he's done in his lounge. Well, I, I, the joy I had watching that as a kid, I just, I came flooding back to me. Oh, that is a magical fifteen seconds of television. Just watching that. I, I'd not seen this episode for probably ten years, yeah. and the line that Joey delivers, along the lines of, you know. Uh, that's the best I could do with them that's the best I could do with them (laughs) I knew that was coming and I I was like I am going to love this response and I almost said it word for word along with him and it was just what a great moment that that brilliant bit where you go ah he's been rumbled and he goes one last throw of the dice absolutely magic such a good little scene there's also some some really brilliant anticipation in this Joey scene as well where he is asked to perform the dance in front of everyone else to show them how it, I think the wording is how it should be done or something like yeah. that. Yeah. And, they, and they play the, the intro piano to music the, yeah. starts <laughs> and he's standing there and you're thinking, right, this is the point that he's actually got to do something. And there's a really nice silent, like no talking for about five <laughs> seconds while that piano kicks in. And then he just runs out the room and it's really brilliant. There, there's a funny thing as well about, about that scene, which is, is a reminder that Actually, when Friends is often at its best, it does physical comedy. So you think yeah. of you think of David Schwimmer and yeah. you think of Jennifer Aniston, how good she was at that sort of, oh, when she'd be shocked. And, yeah. you know, the physical comedy of Friends is really, really underestimated. When they do it, they always do it so well. So well. Oh, that, so good. That him running out of that room for half a second is brilliant. You, can, you, could, you could literally put that in a dictionary. Yeah. A picture under yeah. the word comic timing. Yeah. It's how quickly he runs as well. <laughs> just the, the, the way his body moves. Yeah. He's just like, he's like a child. You know, when a child's trying to run as fast as they possibly can. Yeah. It'll run like the wind. I and still, it, oh. is, it is funny. We know what happens with Joey the sitcom. Yeah. But watching that, I would still like to see Joey the sitcom. Not the one they made. Yeah. I'd like to see the one that really, really works. Because, yeah. oh man, that little scene is is 
pretty much perfection. Yeah, and when they get all his terrible acting on Days of Their Lives right as well, there's there's magic moments throughout mm. it, aren't there? When Joe, you just Joey's bad acting is one of the best things in Friends. Yeah, in the yeah. early seasons. Yeah, and yeah, there's there's so much. That what, just... Watching this this time around, it was amazing to me how much I liked Joey. Yeah, you know, I would have said if you'd have asked me, you know, two weeks ago who's your favourite person in Friends? I'd have gone, oh, it's Chandler. Yeah. Watching this, he's right down the bottom. You know, it's it just, there's something cold and just not... Annoying. Yeah, but Joey, <laughs> yeah. Joey, who I've always thought is like, oh, he's the, you know, traditional clown comic relief. Ah, oh, I could watch him all day long. Yeah. Absolutely great. Such a good performance. Should we do the lightning round? Yeah. Yes. Let's have it. Let's, Let's do the quiz. It. Are you confident? Do you feel like you know this episode well? Yeah. Do you know what? It's because, Pete, it's so short. I, don't, yeah. I can't imagine there's bits that I didn't pay attention to because... There's only so much we can ask you. Exactly, yeah. yeah. I'm saying that and I'm going to get all of them wrong now. <laughs> so if, you've done, if this is the first time you've listened to this, this, uh, this is basically our attention to detail quiz where we just sort of polish off all the other bits that we haven't potentially talked about so far. Five quick questions... Uh, see how much you how, how carefully you watched it Marky Haynes yes uh, would you like to kick off Peter uh, sure uh, in the opening scene Chandler mocks Ross for wearing a dinosaur tie but what colour is the dinosaur on the tie oh blimey yeah. is it is it pink it's not Mark it's oh, blue it's blue it yeah. is a hideous tie yeah. oh man some of these I feel like as the podcast goes on these questions are getting harder because we're now just watching it going what is the most specific detail <laughs> I could possibly pick out for this quiz that nobody would ever know I'm slightly pleased I didn't get it right because if I'd have got it right yeah. I think people would have gone this guy is was... just awful <laughs> Uh, question two. I mean, it started easier. So, question two. Monica finds a book in the diner, which turns out to belong to Julio. What is the book? I think it's Baudelaire's Flowers of the Dust. Flowers of oh, Evil. Oh, you're close. Flowers of Evil. So Flowers close. of Evil. We're going to give you that one. Right. That is fine. But a Baudelaire book of poetry would have sufficed. Yeah, a real shorthand as well for yeah. going pretentious. Oh, amazing, yeah. isn't it? And someone's clearly just Googled. Find me some uh, foreign poetry that sounds really. <laughs> Just Baudelaire, yeah. How yeah. do you spell that? Right, it's in the script. Yeah, I like, I like, I do like the bit where he goes, "Oh, it's not a very good translation." Yeah. I, I thought that was, uh, you know, that yeah, zing, yeah. sweet. Uh, Chandler is tasked with finding a stripper for his cousin Albert's bachelor party. Uh, what is the name of the stripper he books? Uh, Crystal Chandelier, <laughs> Miss Crystal Chandelier, and Joey has that wonderful line afterwards as well about, well. She was always going to be a stripper if her parents called <laughs> And I honestly think that that is the first appearance of that joke where you joke about strippers' names. I think, yeah. again, time is not good for Friends because it was such a game changer. At the time. That, that we sort of go, oh, that's a bit hackney. Yeah. That was an original joke in, yeah. in the script. It wouldn't have got in if it wasn't original. And that whole thing about, you know, uh, you know, a stripper name and saying, well, of course she's a stripper because, you know, what yeah. did her parents name her? Yeah, what yeah. do they expect? That all comes from this episode. That is a key obvious joke now uh question four gunther mm. only has one line in this episode can you tell me what that line is it's they're in central perk yeah. rachel is uh talking about breaking up or something it's or the bit we talked about where ross says i'm scared someone else is gonna and he says take you away from me I pray that it's me. Yeah. Let it be me. Let I'll it give yeah, you that. Close. You can have that. It's that thing about when Ross is saying, oh, I, can't, I, I cannot physically believe another man won't 
to sweep you off the feet. Gunter is interesting. I'd spent, when I first started working in TV, it was about 1998. And friends had really taken off by that point. I think it helped as well with like the launch of Heat magazine. And so you saw them everywhere. And there was a promotional tour. And I presume it was something like the first video box set of the first season. And the company brought over Gunther as, as the sort of face of friends. And the scramble in British TV to get Gunther on your TV. <laughs> I have a vague recollection that he was on something like Jonathan Ross and he was totally sort of like, oh, wow, this is, I don't really belong here. And he sort of didn't. I mean, it was a weird booking. He was on, his arrival in Britain was on the local news. <laughs> this is on the local London news. You know, Gunther t- touches down in Heathrow. That's how starved we were for celebrities That's- in the pre-Ed Sheeran era. <laughs> <laughs> is is Gunther? I'm trying to think of occasions when Gunther is seen outside the context of the coffee house. I can think of him at one of their flat parties. I think he appears at Joe and Chandler's, and he also appears, doesn't he, uh, when he buys that hairless cat? Yes. Yeah, from Rachel. Did they ever do an episode where sort of Rachel or Monica go on a date with Gunther? That seems like an obvious thing. No, I don't think Gunther ever featured. I don't think he was ever graduated to sort of any sort of substantial character. I think he was always just a bit... Because he was originally just an extra, wasn't he? Yes. So, yeah. so the story goes, and uh, this probably someone will correct me if this is wrong, but I believe Gunther was just a coffee shop extra. Uh-huh. And there was a point in the pilot, or maybe episode two, where one of the extras needed to make a coffee with the proper barista machine, the proper coffee machine. Mm-hmm. And they went, does anyone know how to use one of those machines? Oh, really? And James and Michael Tyler went, yeah, yeah, I've, I've made a coffee before. And so just... For, Based on the fact that he had previously worked in a coffee shop, good lord, he probably then becomes a character with lines and a part, you know, a recognize. He's on Jonathan Ross, yeah, because once he worked in a Starbucks, yeah, basically, good lord, isn't that astonishing? When you're an extra, you only do stuff like that as well because you think there's going to be an extra twenty dollars, or you know, you and, get a featured extra credit. Well, you, know, you so. when you watch extras, the sitcom, the, mm. the entire thing is that stereotype of like extras being like well if I, I might get a line and then yeah, I might become extra little bit. globally known and, and in a bad and way that's that's terrible because he's the sort of the rare exception extras do not make the jump over but but he is the one that every extra goes if if Gunther can do it yeah <laughs> <laughs> He's ruined so many lives. Uh, question five, Pete. Final question. Uh, where are Ross and the stripper taking their kids on the play dates? Is it a jimboree? Yeah, it now, I've, I wrote this question because I don't know what a jimboree is. I think it's it's another product placement, isn't it? Is it? I think they're is probably a, a I, I presume so. I, I am now Googling. You're right. It's, it's, a, it's a retail company. You see, you wouldn't be able to say I'm going somewhere with a stripper if you hadn't have cleared that no because yeah. if you were if you were Jimboree you'd be like the last well, thing the we want to brand be, yeah, yeah yeah you don't associate it, is, it with that I quote high quality baby clothes toddler clothing and kids apparel well they're, they're not going to say average quality are they <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah so what's the class then yeah what's a, a Jimboree class, class? I'm going to a Topshop class. What's that? I suppose. Well, I don't know. Do you reckon that's something different? Is Jimbury a, a, a? Hang on. They may be. Jimbury classes. Find a Jimbury class near you. Um, <laughs> yeah. Okay. So it might be a coincidence that the brand is called the same thing. Right. It seems to be some sort of like soft play sensory classes for babies good lord that's funnier than like saying jimboree yeah, yeah we're yeah. off to a sensory to... soft play <laughs> yeah. uh, i'd have that all day long that's far funnier uh, mark thanks so much Yay, my pleasure that... thanks mark thank you pete
that is that is it. That is the end of uh, this episode of Friends with Friends. We shall be back next week with another friend and another episode. And the details of that will appear at the end of this music. Bye. Keep friendsing with friends. <laughs> you can have that. Hey, thanks for listening. That was episode six of Friends with Friends. Next week... Uh, in case you want to go ahead and watch it and revise in preparation, yeah. we have uh, the stand-up comedian and man, Rhys James, uh, as our guest. And Rhys, what episode are you going to be doing? I'll be doing the one where Joey loses his insurance. The one where Joey loses his insurance. Season 6, episode 4, I believe, but you can probably Google that yourself. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavourless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well... HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. Traffic jams, tailgating, pile-ups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute.